Hello everyone, happy Wednesday. I hope you all are having a great day. I hope you're having a great week. If not, the week is almost over. We will get through it together. I'm not exactly sure what day of quarantine we are on anymore. It all seems like a blur, but we are in the month of May now, so there is that. I encourage you guys to keep social distancing, keep staying safe, keep staying healthy, all of those good things. And with that being said, today, as you can tell by the title of today's episode, we are talking about the unsolved disappearance of Carly Gousset. Carly went missing when she was 16 years old on October 13th, 2018 in Chalfont Valley, California. As far as Carly's description, she is about 5 feet 7 inches tall. She was about 110 pounds at the time of her disappearance. She also had brunette hair at the time of her disappearance, and she has blue eyes. Carly was last seen wearing a white t-shirt, Vans shoes, and gray pants. So before we jump into Carly's story today, I do want to take a minute and go back and look at some of the theories and just comments you guys had to say about the Dylan Redwine case that we covered last week. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, you can either pause this, go back and listen to it, and then come back here and finish this episode, or you can skip through this section, finish today's episode, and go back and listen to Dylan's. I always love hearing your guys' suggestions and comments and theories on the cases that we cover, and you can always email me at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is just killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. Our first email comes from someone one, again, these are always anonymous, who said, quote, I agree that the father killed him, but I think the motive of the pictures doesn't seem right to me. The father did those things and posed for the pictures, so I don't think it would be that damaging. I think he did it to take Dylan away from the mother and to hurt her. I saw the Dr. Phil episodes and he really seemed to hate her, end quote. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. You know, we'll probably never know a motive, at least until this trial starts and there's more details that emerge. Who knows? During that time, maybe we'll have a little bit more information about what exactly happened. And I also agree that I think there's a bunch of different explanations that could have led Mark to do the things that he did, Dylan's father Mark. Not that any of them would be justifiable in any way, shape or form, ever. But I do think that there are multiple different reasons that it could have happened the way that it did. So thank you for giving your input on that. Our next email comes from someone who said, quote, this case is very curious, but I do really believe that Dylan's father killed him. All the clues led to him, and I don't know why, but if he did kill Dylan, it's just really wrong. Maybe Mark knew that Dylan didn't really like to visit him and decided to teach him a lesson. I'm not sure, but that's what I think. But you have to think, who would want to kill Dylan? I love your podcast, and ever since I found it, I admit I have been hooked while I very much appreciate you listening, so thank you so much. And again, I think that this could also tie in to the previous email where Mark could have used the motive of wanting to get back at Dylan's mother, knowing that he enjoyed his mother and spending time with his mother more than he did his father. I think that that's very plausible. So again, endless possibilities on this one. So thank you guys for sending in your emails. And with that being said, let's just jump right on in to today's case. 
you guys can also send in your theories for today's case on killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com and we will go over them next week at the start of the episode. So Carly Gousset was born on May 13th, 2002 to her parents, Lindsay Fairley and Zach Gousset. It's currently May 2nd when I am filming this right now, so her birthday is coming up pretty soon. As far as her personality goes and what she enjoyed doing, there isn't that much information out there, unfortunately, and you guys know I hate when that happens because I think it's really important to see who we're talking about outside of this situation. But from what I was able to find, Carly liked hanging out with her friends. She had a boyfriend at the time. Her boyfriend's name was Donald and she liked to dance and she was described as a really positive person. She always looked on the bright side of things. She had a really uplifting personality. And so when Carly was really young, about the age of two years old, her parents ended up splitting up. And in her early childhood years, Carly actually lived with her mother, Lindsay, basically full-time up until she was about five years old. Once she turned about five years old, she ended up moving in with Zach. Now, Zach at this point had remarried and he remarried a woman named Melissa. So Zach and Melissa lived together. Carly lived in Zach and Melissa's house and Carly does also have brothers. She has a couple brothers for siblings. They're not really mentioned much. I'm not exactly sure how many brothers she has, but I do know that she has brothers who also live at Zach and Melissa's home. Prior to Carly's disappearance, Zach, Melissa, Carly, as well as Carly's other siblings had actually moved. They moved from Bishop, California, which is more so in Northern California, to Chalfont Valley, California, which is about an 18-minute drive north from Bishop. And this wasn't a very drastic move for Carly. She was able to stay at her same school. She had her same friends. She had her boyfriend. It was more so just a house switch at that point. So it wasn't necessarily a drastic change for her. So let's jump to the night of Friday, October 12th. So Friday, October 12th, Carly had actually told her dad, Zach, and Melissa that she was going to go to her school's football game that was being played that night and that she would be home afterwards. However, Carly never ended up going to this football game that night. So even though Carly told Zach and Melissa one thing, she actually ended up going to hang out with her boyfriend, Donald, and about two to three other friends in their town. Now on this night, it was a Friday night and Melissa and Zach said that they just stayed home. They stayed home. They watched movies. Zach had a couple beers in his home on a Friday night and the two of them were just relaxing and hanging out. But then everything changed at about 8 o'clock p.m. Now at about 8 o'clock p.m. this night, Melissa said that she actually got a phone call from Carly. Melissa said that on this phone call, Carly sounded extremely paranoid and anxious over the phone and Carly had asked Melissa if she could come pick her up. Melissa said that Carly was so paranoid that she had asked Melissa not to hang up the phone with her and to stay on the line while she was driving. But the town that they lived in and the way that Melissa had to go, she didn't receive the best cell phone service. There wasn't great reception where she was. So the phone call did end up dropping at a certain point. And at this point, it was clear to Melissa that Carly did not go to this football game. And that was because Carly told Melissa that she was at Highland Park, which is a mobile home in their area. So Melissa gets in the car, drives to Highland Park, but when she arrives there, Carly is nowhere to be found. Now, this is when Melissa says she starts driving a little bit more around the area, and while she's driving, and mind you, it's dark outside, she notices that there is this little beam of light that's frantically moving around on the side of the road, and for what 
whatever reason, Melissa just had this instinct to kind of drive near this light. And when she got closer, she realized that this light was actually Carly and that Carly had been running down the side of the road with her cell phone in her hand and the flashlight on her cell phone was on. And that was the beam of light that Melissa saw. Where Melissa found Carly was about a mile away from Highland Park on a road called Dixon Lane. And according to Melissa, she said that when she realized that it was Carly, she pulled over on the side of the road and Carly got in the back seat of the car. No, there was no one in the passenger seat, but Carly just got in the back seat of the car for whatever reason. And the two of them began to drive home. Now, Melissa said that when Carly got in the car, she noticed that her face was extremely pale. She said she was as white as a ghost and that her pupils were extremely dilated. When Carly got into the car, she was extremely apologetic with Melissa and told her that she's sorry because she didn't end up going to the football game and that she was just with her friends and Donald hanging out. And she also told Melissa that she had been smoking marijuana that night, which would explain the paranoia that Carly was clearly having considering it is a common side effect of people who sometimes smoke marijuana. You can get really paranoid and really freaked out. And that is what seemed to have happened with Carly. So Carly and Melissa drive home. And when they get there, Zach and Melissa, because Zach was at home and he was awake, Zach and Melissa noticed pretty quickly that Carly was acting very bizarre for someone who was saying that they only smoked marijuana that night. Carly was hallucinating. She was going back and forth with her words and what she was saying. And she was really contradicting herself. One minute she would tell Zach and Melissa that she hated them and she thought that they were going to kill her. And then the next minute she would say how much she loved and appreciated them and thought that they were the best people ever. And thank you so much for picking me up and taking me home. And when they got home, Melissa said that she tried to sober Carly up. And even though it wasn't alcohol, she still wanted to kind of give her some food, put some food in her system. Hopefully it would kind of balance her out a little bit more. So Melissa ended up giving Carly a power bar or like a protein bar and also gave her a salad. And apparently when Carly was eating this salad, she would eat it and then she would spit it right back out and say that she was eating the devil's lettuce. So Zach and Melissa thought it was a very good possibility that either whatever Carly took was actually laced with something or that Carly wasn't being completely honest about if there was anything else she possibly took that night. Now because of Carly's paranoia, Melissa said that Carly had asked her if she could spend the night in Carly's room with her. So for Melissa to sleep in Carly's room with her for the night because of her paranoia, she was freaking out and she just wanted someone with her. And according to Melissa, she said, of course, and she could tell that Carly was extremely paranoid. Melissa said that even while she was brushing her teeth and washing her face, Carly was right by her side in the bathroom. Carly did not want to leave Melissa's side. And both Melissa and Carly, when they got into bed that night, they were both up for a decent amount of the night. Melissa said she didn't really, it was not like she went to sleep and then was asleep for the entire night. She really dozed in and out of sleep throughout this night. And when she would wake up, she would see that Carly was awake too. And Carly wanted to stay awake. She wanted to do different things. She wanted to paint each other's nails and she wanted to color. She wanted to do all of these things. And in the moments that Melissa was awake that night, she actually spent a little bit of time texting Carly's friends. Now, I'm not sure if she was texting her friends off of Carly's phone or if she got the numbers off of Carly's phone or if she already had the numbers. I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but what I do know is she was texting some of Carly's friends and she was also texting Donald, Carly's boyfriend, and she asked Donald 
to pray for Carly, which this has had a lot of people speculating, like, why are you so nervous about her that you feel the need to say pray for Carly? A lot of people have just risen their eyebrows on that fact, and the last time that Melissa remembers being awake was at about 5.48 a.m., and that is because that is the last time she sent a text that night, or I guess early that morning, and Melissa said that at that time, Carly had also gone to bed, so now Carly was asleep, Melissa sent this text, and she thought it was a good time for her to go to sleep too, and Melissa went back to sleep in Carly's bed. Now, according to Melissa, she said at about 7.15 a.m. that same morning, so a little less than two hours after she sent the last text message and went to sleep, Melissa said she woke up and realized that Carly was not in bed with her anymore. Once realizing this, Melissa said she walked downstairs, she walked a little bit throughout the house, tried to see if Carly was anywhere in the home, and that's when she realized that Carly wasn't there. So she ended up telling Zach. She woke Zach up, her husband, and told him that she couldn't find Carly anywhere. Now, after being told this, they decided it was best to drive around the town and see if they could find Carly. Now, before leaving the house, Zach and Melissa actually said that they saw the front door of their home had been left opened, and along with that, all of Carly's belongings were still at their house, including her cell phone. Now, Melissa and Zach said that they left the house and started driving around, and they were unable to find Carly anywhere. Now, this is when Zach decided to call Lindsay, Carly's mother. So, Zach ends up calling Lindsay at about 9.30 a.m. on October 13th, and that is when Zach told Lindsay, Carly is gone. Now, this has been another big thing that especially Lindsay has latched onto. She has said that the wording, Carly is gone, immediately just didn't sit right with her. It wasn't, you know, Carly's missing. We can't find Carly. It was Carly is gone. And Lindsay more so took that in the sense that Carly is dead because of him using the word gone. Now, Lindsay said that she had a bunch of questions when she heard that Carly was missing or gone. Lindsay said she wanted to know what her whereabouts were the night prior and who she was with and what she was doing. She wanted to know everything, to which Zach told her that Carly had gone out with some friends the night prior and came home with Melissa, and now they couldn't find her. So right when Lindsay was told this, she got into her car and drove in the direction of Zach and Melissa's home, and that is when Zach decided to call the police and report Carly as a missing person. Now, pretty much right away, about less than 24 hours after Carly had disappeared, Melissa said that she thought Carly was abducted. She just completely just kind of jumped to that conclusion and thought that someone had taken Carly. And like I said, it wasn't even 24 hours after Carly's disappearance that Melissa was saying this. And Lindsay, on the other hand, was taking the different approach and kind of told people, you know, not to speculate because she didn't want to hinder the investigation and didn't want to get in the way of the authorities doing their job. So they've kind of had two very different approaches here, which we will get into a little bit more as we continue. And based off of all of the information that Zach and Melissa gave the police, the authorities marked this case as an intoxicated runaway. So essentially someone who ran away who was also under the influence of drugs and or alcohol. So based off of that, the police decided to drive around and canvas through the entire area that Carly and her family lived in. And they also talked to some people 
in the town to see if they had seen Carly as well. And based off of doing just that, there were a total of about three witnesses who came forward claiming that they saw Carly on the morning of October 13th. The first witness was a person who was sitting in there. It was, it was like a sunroom, basically. And the sunroom was full of just glass windows. And this person also had a jacuzzi in this sunroom. So indoor jacuzzi sunroom area that they were sitting in and they were in their jacuzzi. And this person claimed that while they were sitting in their jacuzzi through the glass window, they were able to see someone who looked exactly like Carly around the same time frame that kind of mapped up to when they believe that she would have left her home. Now, Lindsay has come out and said that she doesn't know how valuable she believes this witness statement is because this person was looking through a glass window and they were also in a jacuzzi. She feels that that could have probably altered their vision a little bit and maybe not had them seeing what they thought that they were seeing. So I just wanted to kind of throw that one out there. And the second witness was a person who was a neighbor to Carly and her family. And she was also a teacher who knew Melissa. And she had actually called Melissa that morning and said that she saw Carly walking. And then you have the third witness. And this third witness is a man who worked as a wooder on the side of the road. And he claimed that he saw Carly while he was working this morning right next to Highway 6. Now, Highway 6 is a major highway that was also extremely close to where Carly's house was. And after authorities heard about Carly being right next to a highway and the possibility that this man had seen her by the highway, it definitely raised a lot of concerns that Carly could have potentially became a victim of human trafficking because this is a very, very common thing when it comes to human trafficking because it's very easy for people to do this. It's very easy for someone who is next to a major highway to put someone in their car and drive off and then they're gone. It can happen really, really quickly, and it's a very dangerous thing. It definitely happens a lot more than what gets talked about. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Do you ever fantasize about who you'd be if you lived somewhere different? Maybe you'd surf if you lived by the beach. Or maybe if you lived in the city, you would live above a coffee shop and finally be able to write that novel you've always dreamed of. Or if you had a dishwasher, maybe you'd actually be able to start cooking and make a proper dinner at home. With over 1 million available units for rent on Apartments.com, the you abilities are endless. Apartments.com lets you narrow down exactly what you want and when you want it. And with their instant alert, you'll never miss out on seeing what could be your new perfect place. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place to live, whether that's an apartment, a townhome, or even a house, and they can help you find exactly what it is that you're looking for. Visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, you guys, welcome back. 
So even with police believing that Carly was a possible runaway, with the statements about being possibly seen by the highway and her being intoxicated and just all of the evidence all around together, police really went full speed ahead when it came to searching for Carly. Authorities had brought in helicopters, search dogs, there were multiple search parties that were formed to try and look for Carly, and authorities also brought in proper vehicles that were needed to get around the area that Carly lived in. Because where Carly lived in, there was a lot of mountains and it was very deserty, so there was a lot of rocks everywhere, and the authorities really wanted to make sure that they were covering all of their bases and not leaving any stone left unturned, so they needed the proper vehicles in order to get up and through those mountains, and so that is exactly what they did. And along with that, Lindsay had also hired a private investigator to help look into Carly's case. Now, in the beginning of this investigation, police thought that if Carly was wandering around in the desert or in the mountains by herself, they didn't know what her mental state was or what the side effects of whatever she had taken was because they didn't know what she took. So they didn't really have a clear idea of what her mental state was going to be. So they ended up putting posters and pictures of Carly everywhere throughout the town. They put ribbons on the posters with her favorite colors. So the police really did a good job of getting Carly's name out there. And while this was all happening, Lindsay was still in the area. I'm not exactly sure where she was staying, but she was in the same area that Carly and Zach and Melissa lived in, but she wasn't very active in being a part of the search and going out and searching for Carly, and she did tend to take a back seat when it came to that, and she's been under fire by a lot of people for that and why she wasn't like in the front of the search parties and leading everything and doing all these things, and she's defended her decision by saying, you know, I was just in complete shock. I was in total shock. I was still processing. I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it. And so that's why she basically said that she wasn't as involved in the search as most people wanted her to be. And like I said, people did not like this whatsoever, including Zach and Melissa. They were not really happy that she wasn't super involved in the search. So now I want to talk about Melissa for a little bit, because right from the beginning when Carly disappeared, starting from the day that she went missing, Melissa actually decided to start posting posting these Facebook live videos and put them out on Facebook. And she also did a lot of live streaming. Now, on one hand, you could say that Melissa was just doing everything that she could to put out Carly's story so everyone could see it and know that she was missing and know to keep an eye out for Carly, which this is exactly what Melissa said that she was trying to do because in these live streams, she, really, she only talked about Carly. She talked about what happened. She talked about leading up to it. She talked about everything. It just all revolved around Carly. Now, the other side of this, and this is where people who think that Melissa knows more than she is telling come in, because the other side of this is you have people who are accusing Melissa of doing this only just for the attention and not with the pure intentions for finding Carly and not for the reasons of like being genuine and thinking that it was all about her and it's just a narcissistic thing to do. Because she did post a lot of videos and did a lot of live streams. There were a lot of them that she was doing. And there were often times where she would throw in inconsistencies to her story. And some things wouldn't be the same, as she said in the previous live stream or the previous video. So because she was doing so many videos and so many live streams, it definitely gave her a lot of room for error. And she was being judged by everyone who was watching these live streams. So they were ready to pick up any little thing that Melissa said wrong. 
And that is what ended up happening. You know, in her lives, there would be inconsistencies in Melissa's story, whether that was a timeline inconsistency or a little detail about what happened that night before Carly went missing. There were multiple contradicting statements and there have been contradicting reports that say that Melissa said that she didn't actually sleep in Carly's room the whole night and it was actually only part of the night. And then she went back into her own bed in her own room and then in the morning she got up to check on Carly and Carly was no longer there. So there have been multiple inconsistencies and just false information out there about this case, which definitely makes it a lot more frustrating and a lot more difficult to find out what really happened and what the timeline really was throughout all of this. So along with the live streams and the Facebook lives, Melissa has actually also been under fire for something else that she did. Now, on the night of October 12th, when Carly was out with her boyfriend and her friends and Melissa went to pick her up and Carly and Melissa drove home together, and they got home and they were hanging out and right when they were about to go to bed, Melissa actually decided to record Carly. Now, it wasn't a video recording, it was an audio recording and according to Melissa, she did this because she wanted to use it more as a teaching lesson to Carly to show her that this is how she was acting, to show her the effects that certain drugs could have on her. So, this audio is an eight-minute long audio recording. Now, the audio has not been released to the public because this is an ongoing investigation, but we do know kind of bits and pieces of what was said in this recording. And what we do know is that Carly had been talking about the Bible and things about the devil, and it was just kind of very bizarre and somewhat dark thoughts. And what we also know is that at one point in this recording, Carly had asked Melissa to call 911. Now, according to Lindsay, who by the way, hasn't heard the entire tape because she said she's only listened to a little bit of it and she doesn't want to listen to the whole thing, because she wasn't happy that Melissa did that to her daughter. But according to Lindsay, from the part that she heard, Carly had called out for her mom on the audio recording. And she kind of like said, mom, almost as if she thought her mom was there. And that is when Melissa said, no, like it's not your mom, it's me, it's Melissa. And Carly then told Melissa, oh, sorry, I'm just scared. And then at one point in the recording, Carly asked Melissa to call 911 again. And Melissa said, okay, and that she was going to do that. And then there was a little bit of silence in the recording and then Carly asked Melissa again if she was going to call them and that's when Melissa said, no, I'm not going to call them because nothing is wrong. Now, a lot of people have had a very big problem with this and thought maybe that if Melissa did call 911, maybe Carly would still be alive. If we're looking at this as a possible overdose, a lot of people think that Carly was overdosing and that's why she wanted Melissa to call 911. So then Melissa, Zach, and Lindsay all ended up going on the Dr. Phil show in hopes to get more awareness on Carly's case. And while they were on the show, Dr. Phil basically confronted Melissa and Zach saying that he had asked to listen to this audio tape and that Melissa and Zach refused to show it to his team and show it to Dr. Phil. And Melissa and Zach kind of went back and forth saying, oh, no one asked. And oh, sorry, you can't listen to it because it's an ongoing investigation. And then it was, well, Dr. Phil can listen to the tape, but we don't want the world listening to the tape. But Dr. Phil took it. And so he actually, they went backstage together and he listened to this tape. And then they came back out on the stage and discussed it. And Dr. Phil said that based off of the audio, he fully believes that someone laced the marijuana that Carly was smoking with something. 
or that Carly took something else that night that she didn't say. Now, he also said that he believes that with the degree of paranoia that he heard from Carly on this tape, it makes perfect sense as to why she would run away from her home because, you know, she was so paranoid and so freaked out and kind of explained it that if she was super paranoid in that moment, which it sounded like she was, it makes sense as to why she would feel the need to run away from that and get out of there because she was so freaked out and scared. So Dr. Phil also kind of leaned on the theory that it's possible that Carly had run to the highway based off of the witness statement and had been picked up by someone who brought her in to human trafficking. And Dr. Phil also said that it was a really good thing that Melissa did to record Carly just because of what ended up happening because she ended up going missing. They had this audio recording to look back at her state of mind during this time. Now, when it came to the Dr. Phil show, Lindsay, on the other hand, said that she has a huge suspicion and that she has had one from the beginning that Melissa and Zach know more than they are saying. She has said that Melissa and Zach's home is evil and that there's evil in their house. And she also said that she believes that Carly died from a drug overdose. And she thinks at one point during the night when Melissa fell asleep and woke back up, that Carly was sitting there with her eyes open and maybe Melissa just kind of confused that for her being awake, but instead that she had actually passed away. So when it comes to Carly's disappearance, Lindsay believes that Melissa and Zach know way more than they are letting on. And here's what's very frustrating about this case is that there isn't a lot of information. We do have a decent amount of information from Melissa and Zach's standpoint about what happened leading up to her disappearance, but as far as what has happened as far as evidence-wise or information or anything after she disappeared, it's zero. So because of that, it's led a lot of people to come up with a lot of different speculations and theories on their own, and that's what I kind of want to get into right now because there have been multiple videos out there that I want to touch on when it comes to Carly and possible sightings of her. There's actually a YouTube video out there called Found Missing Teen in Mountains, and on this video, the thumbnail of it is a picture of this girl running through the mountains, and there's an arrow pointing to her, and in the corner of the thumbnail is Carly's missing person's poster or picture, basically. So this person basically makes this video of a girl running in the mountains, and the girl looks like Carly, and he thinks it's Carly. So the next day, he ends up calling 911, thinking he may have found Carly, but turns out it wasn't Carly, and it was actually another runaway. So bigger picture, it was good that he did that, and he was good that he called 911. However, the clickbait to this and trying to trick people into thinking that he found Carly is not the best thing, and it just doesn't really sit right with me personally. And so now, right here, I want to give credit because there are multiple different YouTubers who have created a video on this case. I am going to be one of them, but I want to talk about Kendall Ray for a second because this is where I got this piece of information, and I thought it was really interesting. So Kendall, on her YouTube channel, which by the way, if you have not heard of Kendall Ray on YouTube, she also has a podcast. She's great. She's amazing. I think her podcast is called The Mile Higher Podcast, and her and her husband report on true crime and paranormal stuff and really kind of in the same realm as here. So if you like this podcast, you will definitely like her podcast as well as her channel. But she covered this case. And at the end of the video, she mentioned that in 2018, there had been a YouTube channel created. And this channel is called Kate 
Yap. And Kate Yap is an ASMR eating channel and it is still up on YouTube today. I don't really know why, but if you want to, you can check it out. But the videos on this channel, I'm warning you, they're kind of disturbing to watch. Basically, it is an ASMR eating channel, like I said, of a girl and the camera angle of the girl is only showing basically just from her mouth down to a little below her chest area. So you don't really see what this girl looks like other than the bottom half of her face. And on this channel, this girl eats seafood extremely fast, like at a disturbingly fast pace. She doesn't say a word while she's doing it. And it's just, like I said, a little bit disturbing to watch, just the whole nature of it. And in the comments of these videos, there have been multiple people that have been speculating that there is something a lot deeper going on here with this girl. Some people have noticed bruises and cuts on her. Some have said that they could hear people in the background telling her to keep going and to don't stop. And there have just been a lot of speculations as to whether or not this is a missing person who is being forced to do these videos or whether it's someone in an abusive relationship who has been forced to do these videos. And a lot of people thought it was a good possibility for a long time that this could have been Carly just because of the facial structure and the color of her hair. A lot of people thought it was a very good possibility. However, I do want to point out that the timelines of this don't really add up because the first video from Kate Yep was uploaded on July of 2018 and Carly didn't go missing until October 13th of 2018. So as far as theories go on this case, most people have just kind of been divided on these two and I would love to hear if you guys have a different theory or what theory you guys are leaning more towards. But the first theory here is some people believe that Melissa and Zach were behind Carly's disappearance. There are questions as to whether or not Carly OD'd in her home and Melissa and Zach disposed of her body. I think a lot of people think this theory is possible due to the audio recording where Carly asked Melissa to dial 911 and Melissa didn't end up doing it. So then the other theory we have is that Carly, being in the mental state that she was, could have very well have gotten out of her own bed and walked out of the house because she was so paranoid. Melissa said that she kept going back and forth in her statements saying that she loved Melissa and Zach and then saying that she hated them on a different minute and she thought that they were going to kill her. So if she got into this paranoid state and thought that she was in danger due to whatever trip she was on, she could have very easily left the house and stumbled into the wrong person, could have gotten into a car with someone. It's just very, very possible. I think that if Carly did get a self-inflicted injury, like if she she walked out of the house because she wanted to run away and let's say she went up to the mountains and she tripped and fell and hit her head on a rock or something i don't I'm not, I don't know, that theory doesn't really sit right with me just because I feel like with all of the searches that had happened, including the helicopter and the proper vehicles to get up the mountain and the search dogs and the search parties and all of that, I feel like there would be a good chance that Carly would have been found. So because she has not, it definitely makes me believe personally that there was probably foul play involved in her disappearance. So with that being said, I really want to know what you guys think about this case. I want to know your theories because 
because there's just not a lot of information to go off of in this case but i really am interested to hearing what you guys think about it so let me know like i said you can email me at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com again that is just killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com with that being said you guys that is all for me today thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of killer instinct i do want to remind you guys to subscribe to killer instinct if you are not already that way you never miss when we post we post weekly episodes here every single wednesday and you are not going to want to miss it so make sure you are subscribed i will see you next week stay safe stay healthy and i'll talk to you in a little bit bye guys You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.